Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back. I'm so excited for this guest that I have for y'all today. It is Stefan Arnio, and he is a self-made millionaire, real estate investor, author of the book, Hard Times Create Strong Men, and very accomplished. So I'm very excited to talk with you. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Haley. Yes, you're welcome. And I think nowadays, especially, it is so, so important to discuss what you're talking about. So, you know, I mean, do you think that people are, since people are struggling right now with what's happening, do you think that a lot of people, are, their relationships are going to make it? Uh, you mean through, like... Like what's happening know, in the economy? People who society. hooked up on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? Like people who hooked up on Tinder and now they go to quarantine? Like, <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I'm just saying people that are in relationships and now they are, wait, okay. Now they are, you know, in a relationship and then all of a sudden all this stuff is happening. Well, there's a couple things like people are losing their jobs. So number one, if a guy's losing his job, women don't like guys who don't have jobs. So usually that's a turn off. Um, I think right now people are quarantined or they're um, getting into close quarters with people they think they thought they knew. And I think they're finding out who the real human is that they were dating. And uh, you know, a lot of a lot of dating nowadays you say relationship, I assume that means dating. Um, a lot of dating nowadays is really flimsy and weak with Tinder and Bumble and, you know, Yeah, I agree with you. Find out who, who the real people are, who your real relationship is, who's actually um, on your team and who's not. You know, so if you have a a good and real relationship, I don't think it's going to do anything to you. But if you have a flimsy Tinder boyfriend who is really just a fuck boy, well, you know, you're going to find out that guess what? He's a fuck boy and he has to go. So, you know, it's going to make the strong stronger in the week. They're just going to have to go back to Tinder, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Well, I think that's a good point because people probably don't even know who they're in a relationship with then. That's, that's, the, that's the culture nowadays is people get in these online relationships or they meet people. And uh, like I said, online dating because everybody has two or three people on the go. And I read a really funny joke the other day. It said, you know, by no means get into a long-term relationship unless the four of you really trust each other. And I thought, damn, that's the funniest thing I ever heard. Cause yeah, you know, you got a girlfriend, she's got a boyfriend and then the two of you are long distance. So stupid, you know, that's the state of, that's the state of dating as I see it nowadays. And, uh, I think, I think pretty degenerate and it's bad. And I think we have to go back to get married and actually have a family kind of the old school ways because the, the way we're doing it now, I don't think works super well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, I mainly work with women. So how do women attract a good masculine man? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And I've written two books about that. One is Hard Times Create Strong Men. It's What is a Man in the Modern World? And then the one for women's called The Oracle, The Queen, The Princess, and The Whore. Well, there's four types of women. Oracles, queens, princesses, and whores. Well, everybody knows what a whore is. That's a woman who sleeps with a man and has no commitment. Most women nowadays are whores. Probably 95% of them are whores. So... Men don't want whores. They don't want to commit to whores. And then there's princesses, and the princess, you know, she's inaccessible. She's a little bit harder to, she's hard to get. And men love to chase princesses. And then there's the queen. The queen is married. So, you know, when you get married, you become a queen. You can't call yourself a queen without a king. So, 
you're a single lady saying, oh, I'm a queen and you don't have a man, guess what? If you're not married to him, you're not a queen. You're just a live-in whore or a live-in whatever. You know, like you're not a queen unless you're married. And then the last one's the oracle, which is the old woman who's lost her charm, but she's got wisdom. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very skewed game because I think women want to give sex to attract men Mm-hmm. But as soon as they give sex, men don't want women anymore. They want a, they want a different woman. So it's a, it's a tough thing. And I think that if a woman wants to be desirable, she has to work on being feminine again, which I talk about in the Oracle. We don't want feminists. We want feminine. Mm-hmm. Masculine men want feminine women. And I think feminism killed feminine femininity in women where... They turned women into men, and men don't want women who are like them. They want something different. So, you know, a couple things. Don't be a whore. Make yourself a quartet. Be feminine. Don't be a feminist. No man really wants that. And, uh, you know, you might, have to, you might have to shut up and bite your tongue once in a while because the problem with the Western women right now is they're so loud and opinionated and fat and expensive and those are all things that men don't like fat men they don't like expensive women they don't like loud opinionated women you're looking at me like oh my god i can't believe you're saying this (laughs) but you know if you look at the world of women Mm -hmm. all around the world europe asia different places uh north america we've got the fattest loudest most opinionated most expensive women and the average woman in america do you know how much well look no, 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 no. It's, it, it really isn't. With men, a big man, if he's a, just a big guy, not the same. Like every woman likes a big guy, whatever that means. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she could, you could say you don't like fat men, but like I'm talking about average woman in America is 170 pounds and 5'4", lady. Like think about that, Haley. 170 pounds and 5'4", that's fat. So... You know, maybe you got to lose some weight. There's all sorts of things that are basic, but we live in this world now that's so soft. And it's like, it's okay, baby. You're beautiful and you're not, you know, lose some weight. Stop being so loud and opinionated, you know. Um, This is all shit that they told the women in school was okay. And then in the real world, it isn't okay. and, And men don't like that. And that's why there's less marriage today. There's less babies. Uh, the women who are 30 are having midlife cri- or quarter-life crises because they can't find a man. You've got binge drinking with women going through the roof. Like There's never been binge drinking like this before. Birth rates are down. And it's because the women uh, bought into this feminist thing where they can be fat and loud and opinionated. And they bought into you know having lots of sex and being whores. And they bought into not honoring men and not liking men and not being good to men and not bringing any value to men other than sex. And these are all things like this is the counter. Mm. I'm saying the counter of what you would hear on TV, but Mm -hmm. I'm telling you the truth, you know, because so many women don't value men. And here's the thing, Haley, 3% of men can support a traditional family, like stay at home, mom, a house and a car and all that. 97% of men can't. So if you want to be that traditional woman or if you want to have the opportunity to not have to work your ass off for the rest of your life, that 3% of men, you have to be good to those men and nice to those men. And they don't teach women to be good and nice anymore. They teach them to be fucking bitches. And that's a problem because those 3% men have the 100% of women to choose from and they don't tolerate any of that crap. Mm-hmm. So... You know, the, I'm saying a lot of the opposite things you'd hear in society, but society's lying to you all the time. And that's why we have all these unmarried 30-year-old women. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. Well, no, listen, I'm really thankful you're blunt. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you because I'm 29. I thought I'd be married by now. But of course, I, I've learned that I, set, I settled a lot in my 20s and I was, I was too nice. And so I kind of think maybe it's not about being nice. It's about being like keeping your standards really high to attract a guy that you're the queen to his king. Well, it's, it's, I mean, you know, on the flip side, let's talk about men now. A lot of men are losers. 
50% of them do nothing. 47% of them barely produce enough to survive. And then, you know, there's a top 2% of that 47%. They're superstars if you whip them. And then there's a 3% that's a self-whipping superstar. And this is the problem is we teach women that, hey, baby, you're the prize. No, no, no. That top 1% man that's going to support you when you're old and ugly is a prize. And in the old days, they would, they would train the woman to become attractive to the man, put on a sundress, bake him some cookies, uh, say hello to him at church. And there be all these girls lined up for this one guy because the women knew that guy could produce. And when they were old, who was going to bring the bacon, right? Because, you know, the, in the old days, it was really clear that you're not pretty for very long. You got 20 to 30, 35 max, and then your looks are done, sweetheart. So they would make it important to be good to men and attract that best man you can find and marry off early because at some point, you're not sexy anymore. And at some point, a man wants nothing to do with a sack of potatoes that's, you know, ugly and not and has no utility and is mean. And, you know, like it, it, uh, there's a saying Ben Franklin says in my book in the Oracle, he says, when a woman ceases to be handsome, she must seek to be good. And that's where, you know, can you cook? Can you make him a nice meal for this guy? Can you add value to his life? And a lot, and the answer for a lot of women these days is no, they can't cook. They don't know laundry. They don't know how to do anything because they've been spoiled and pampered. And, you know, it's, it's a huge disaster. And I've dated women before where they were beautiful moms. These women were boat anchor. And I realized I would have to look after this boat anchor for 50 years. And I just dumped the boat anchor because I don't need a boat anchor. I need somebody to help and support what I'm doing because the money I produce is way more than she could ever produce with me uh, with a boat anchor on my back. So that's the other thing is, you know, finding a good man and getting behind him and helping him increase his income is worth more to you than having your own career because women don't even produce much money in their careers. So there's a, I'm dispelling a lot of lies right now and people hear this and they go, Oh my God, this guy's like a sexist or something, but it's, it's not sexist. I've just done the research and I know the math and I know the numbers and I know how it works. And uh, it's not, it's the world is not the way that they tell you it is. You know, the school system lies to you. The TV lies to you. All these things lie to you. And then, you know, you're 30, 31, 32, 33, 35, wishing you're married. And you go, why the fuck didn't it work? Well, guess what? They lied to you the whole time. Yeah, definitely. And I think that there's so, I think women are starting to realize that though, because I'm, I speak a lot about helping women get into the feminine because there's so many hyper-masculine women now. Oh, it's, it's disgusting. They're like men. <laughs> yeah, Haley, Haley, and, you know, I, I'm 33. I'd love to be married. I've been engaged. Um, I had a couple women I thought I was going to marry. And I have a major hard time finding a woman I want to pursue. Because you're right, there's hyper-masculine women. There's women who have these big, crazy careers that, you know, aren't compatible with my lifestyle. Um, like, I pretty much have to go to a small town in the middle of nowhere and abduct someone who's like 18 or something and steal them. Like, and that's what people did in the old days. The best man would help you abduct a wife from a nearby town. You'd go steal a young girl together. Like, that's how... That's what the best man did. You were the, the groom and the best man stole a young girl from a neighbor, neighboring town. That's how people did it. So, you know, it's, it's tough. And, and, you know, that's the dark side of feminism. And it's the dark side of telling women from a young age, you don't need a man and you're probably going to be divorced. So you probably need to get a job and you need this and you need that. And then you get past all your best looking years and you're, your prime and then you're looking to get married at some point and you know the guys who are really great are, are they're married off they got married at 26 probably and then you got all these leftovers and then maybe you're going to be a mill for a single mom now and that's a dark that's a dark road like the single mom road is the worst road mm, yeah definitely yeah but don't you think it's for 
because uh, I did an interview before this with someone and he was saying it's almost like men and women have been taught to compete with each other when really we both need each other. This is not men versus women, women versus men. Why can't we come together? Well, that, that was feminism that made them fight. That's feminism. Like, there was no, like, the opposite of feminism is marriage, Haley. So, you know, we had a society of marriage in the 50s, the 60s. It was, hey, work together, man and woman. Hey, woman, you're going to have to look to make some cookies. You're going to have to make a dress. You're going to have to learn these skills. Hey, man, you're going to have to learn to change a tire and change the oil on the car. There's man jobs and woman jobs. And then when feminism came out, they made men and women fight. And I think mostly women fight against men. I don't think men really fight against women because we see no honor in fighting women and there's nothing to gain. But I think women like to fight against men. And uh, yeah, that's, again, the feminist movement. And I agree with you. Men and women working together is sacred. It's life-giving. It's godly. It creates love life and children it creates a full human it it softens the man and it you know creates a stronger woman it, it's everything that's good as a man and woman working together is amazing you know but we've got so much bullshit in the way of that nowadays you know with you know mm-hmm. all the broken broken people out there um you know like i said about the tinder and stuff you know when a woman has I think it's over 15 sexual partners. She has a 17% chance of staying married. So if she's a virgin bride, because she can't pair bond to her husband anymore. So when a woman is entered by a man, she pair bonds to him. She falls in love. So like on that penetration, she falls in love with the man who's penetrating her. So if she's a virgin, 80% chance of staying married because She's had one guy penetrate her. Her software is set up to love that one guy. If she's a non-virgin bride, I think it goes down to 60%. So if she has sex before marriage, 60%. And then if you go down to 15 sexual partners, 17%. Because she's pair bonded to 15 guys, right? So if she has a bad day with her husband, Chad, she's going to phone up her ex, Brad or her Mm. other ex, Sam, or her other ex, you know, Lucifer, whatever, right? (laughs) She's going to call guys, and and when she closes her eyes, she sees all these guys and thinks about them all. So that's that's actually a big problem is the promiscuity. It hurts the women, and I don't think they're designed the same way. We're designed to have hundreds of women and, and breed like that, so I don't think, like, there's no such thing as a male virgin. Like a man, when he's, he, he's penetrated or he hasn't penetrated, but women actually have a hymen and physically change when they're no longer a virgin. A, man, a male virgin, there really is no such thing. It's just he, he has a penis and that's mm-hmm. it. So, you know, when we try to make men and women the same, clean. go ahead. I'm sorry, you hear about those guys that are super clingy. Clingy? What about them? You know, like, we always say the stereotypical woman where if she, she has sex, she gets super, like, emotional with the guy. That's the same with the guy. I mean, that's the same with the man, too. No, but that's just neediness. That's, that's insecurity in a black pit of neediness. That that's, has nothing to do with pair bonding. That's just, oh, that's okay. a needy individual. Okay. It's an emotional disease. You know, it's not pair bonding. That's just needy. Like the guy's got problems, got mental problems. And he's, he's, that's a fear-driven thing. He's afraid he's going to lose her. And guess what? Most women want a man that doesn't care if he loses her or not. You know, whenever I've uh, not really cared in a relationship, that's when I'm the most attractive. And when I really care and if I get needy, I'm not attractive anymore. Hmm. So anyways, the pair bonding, that's an issue. And the women having too many sexual partners, that's an issue. And there's a reason why this stuff is biblical. And there's a reason why it's in all the religious texts of the world. And there's a reason why we've done it like this for 10,000 years. And in the last 70 years, 80 years, we've failed. And we've 
changed it and it's failing us hard. Like we're actually going extinct, Haley, because we we're not producing enough babies to replace our own civilization. So we've actually, you know, through homosexuality and through, um, you know, having the men and women be the same and the men can't produce enough money to support a family and the women being weird and, you know, having crazy careers and all this, we are actually driving ourselves extinct. So it's actually got real consequences. Like this isn't just fun and games. Like we actually are going backwards here. Mm. Yeah, because I heard about Japan. They're like having sex with robots. Oh yeah, well the the men they call them herbivores over there. They're called herbivores, and they've opted out of women. They just said, "I got a sex doll. I don't need women. Uh, women are too cruel for me. Uh, they're too expensive. I don't want to get divorced." And you know that's a rational argument. Like the guy, you know, was hurt at one point, and I understand his rationale. Now it's super creepy and weird when he's bringing a, a sex doll in a wheelchair to the beach. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, I get, I get why he's avoiding the downside of a real life woman because, you know, it's, it's gotten out of hand in Japan, I guess. I need to do more research on that because isn't that almost like being too sensitive? No, well, I don't know, man. I, I think that... I think that the Japanese, well, the Japanese men are a little bit different. Like they're very polite and stuff, but you know, there's the, there's men and like, you know, even myself, I haven't, uh, I haven't dated in quite a long time. Cause I just said, fuck this shit. I just gave up. I was like, this is, this is bullshit. And, and uh, you know, I've had sex with women and stuff like that. But you know, as far as a relationship goes, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't find anything that really meets my standards. And so I just, you know, I'm just a celibate right now. I just, I'm celibate. I'm, I'm quarantined here. Like I'm just gonna chill. I don't need that right now. I would like to be married. I would like to have a family, but you know, I'm a man. I'm good till I'm 45. I got another 12 years to go. Yeah, you're right. And that is something that guys do have more of a benefit than women because um, a lot of women my age, we do want to get married. And so I heard you say- No, no. The benefit, women had the benefit when they were 20. When you were 20, you were the hottest shit on earth. But a lot of women squander that. So women are attractive when they're 20 and they're ugly when they're 45 and no one wants them. Men are dog shit when they're 20 and when they're 45, they're hot. So it's an is inversion and you already had it, but you didn't do what you're supposed to do with it. You should have married, married young or got the right thing in that window. That's, that's what that's for, but they don't teach the women. Hey, hey lady, you got 10 years, figure it out. 20 to 30. Let's get it done. I don't care about your degree. Get your degree later after your babies, have your babies. Like, you know, if I had a daughter right now, I'd say to her, get married, have your babies. And then, you know, if you want to have a career or whatever that means to you, a degree, whatever that means, go do that after you don't like raise those babies. They need a mom. They need proper food and education. They need proper everything from mom. And then when the babies are grown up and you don't have much to do, you can do something else. But when you're, when you're 45 and you wish you could go back and have babies, there's no time machine for you. When you're 35 and not so sexy, you know, you can't go back. But, but the women, they have the advantage at 20 and they waste it. They go to the bar, they have sex with a bunch of dudes, they waste that advantage. And you know, I'm coming into my advantage right now. I'm going to have more money than ever at 45. I'll have some silver fox going on, uh, you know, more real estate, more property, more power. I'll be a pretty attractive guy by then. And unfortunately, the women's power goes down over time and the man's power goes up. And that's why there's a trade. Somewhere in the middle, there's a trade where, you know, the, it meets, you know, maybe at 30 or mid-20s the attractiveness meets and it can get together. But 
that's the thing is a lot of women wake up at 30 or 35 and go, what the fuck? I wasted my, my prettiest years and my most attractive time in a fucking university campus doing math or something. You know, you could have, you could have been starting your life. You could have been doing a million things. Well, yeah, and I think that I wish society would have taught us that because I, and also too, another thing is, is like, what about all those losers that we dated? You know, like you kind of, the first, or at least for me, the first few guys I dated, it was like, now I'm having, I'm picking better quality people, but I wish it would have been, you know, earlier. <laughs> so. Well, and, and you know what, in, in the old days, your dad and your brother should have kept those losers away from you right? That's, that was the process was your dad would help you pick. He'd be like, that guy's a loser. Get him out of here. And, and you know, there was a, a patriarchy, which is a dirty word, but patriarchy actually means family values where the dad is around and the says, you know what, Haley, that biker boyfriend of yours, get rid of him. He's a loser. Drug dealer boyfriend's got to go. Get him out of here. And you know, even better would be having a good patriarch dad to show you what kind of man you should be choosing instead of trial and error. But we've smashed the patriarchy. This is feminism again. We've smashed the patriarchy, which is smashing family values. And all the dads are, you know, divorced now. And they live in back behind a tall Arby's or something. And dad's gone. And when dad's gone, promiscuity goes up in the young women. They get raped. They have abortions. They become strippers, prostitutes, sluts. And the men, when they don't have a dad, go to jail, right? The young boys. So the stats on taking dad out of the home are horrible. And that's why I say there's no toxic masculinity. It's lack of masculinity. It's toxic because your dad should have been there to say, Haley, Stop wasting your time with this loser. Get him out of here. And when I have, if I have a daughter one day, I'm going to say, you got six months, buddy, to throw down a ring. That's all I'll say. Zero to six months. If you don't have a ring on her finger, you're out of here. And that's just like a, a woman can't afford to spend more than six months. If you got six months per guy between 20 and 30, you can try 24 guys. And I would say no sex before marriage. You got 24 guys, no sex before marriage. And it, it, realistically, if you're going through 24 guys, you're an idiot because it shouldn't take 24 guys. Probably take like three, maybe, you know, if you're looking in the right places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's the thing, too, is like if you have standards, you it's harder to find that specific person, <laughs> you know? Well, I think, I think a lot of fine. Finding people is where you find them. Like churches are good. Sports clubs are good. Political rallies are good. You have to go to where there's prosperous people. If you go to the, the dive bar at the end of the street, that's a shitty place to meet people. If you go to the Tinder, that's a bad place. Um, you know, if you go to the airport bar, I mean, I'm naming all the places I would meet people because I was traveling. I'd be at an airport bar all the time. Well, any girl I met at an airport bar was a complete trashy slut. And, you know, what I should have been doing is, you know, getting off the road and going to church and meeting a nice dad with a daughter and, you know, working out something. But here I am in the airport, you know, the hotel bar or whatever. And, and that's just, that's not a place where you're going to meet a real partner. You're going to meet a real partner at the squash club, the tennis club, the golf club political rally, the university club, like there's so many different cliques and special groups that you can join that are prosperous, that have people who are doing good in life, you know, churches, etc. instead of going to these airport bars or these, you know, Tinder online, like there's just so many better ways, but we don't even I think a lot of people just go off attraction and they think that's gonna work and then they have sex and then they're pair bonded to each other because they had sex. And then they find out after two years, they shouldn't have been in that relationship, but they were pair bonded. So they were stupid. Mm. I agree with that. Cause I think a lot of women have sex soon because they want to be in a relationship, you know? 
Right. Well, it it pair bonds them. Right. And, and myself too, like I've been in relationships that would have lasted two weeks, but the sex was so good. It was four years. And every time we'd have a problem, we'd solve it with sex and it would be epic sex and it'd be great, but it would just prolong a fundamentally flawed and broken relationship. You know, that's something I could say to the young people is don't have sex before marriage. Like just don't do it because you're going to find out who that person actually is and do they actually like you and do you actually like them. But if you start putting sex in the equation right away, now all of a sudden it's like somebody, you wouldn't just give them money, right? You just like start handing out money to this other person on this first date. Like what you're handing them money or you're handing them a date. You're giving them two grand. Like it doesn't make any sense. Right. And you start giving out sex. Now you're pair bonded. You're going to be in a two year ride with somebody you should have been two days with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Wow. So the whole society is, is crazy now. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think mental illness is something that's actually getting out of control right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of LGBTQs, I think that's all mental illness. And we are glorifying mental illness now and we allow it. And old days they called this stuff Jeria and they had, it would say, you're insane. You can't be an LGBTQ. You're going to the mental institution. It's called gender dysphoria. And nowadays we go, oh, let's give you a TV show, baby. And let's put you on the front stage at the drag show and it's going to be great. And we have literally the inmates running the asylum where we have mentally ill people running around making our decisions for us and, and with us. And, uh, you know, even like I was mentioning about a woman who's had 25 partners or 15 partners, her mental, her mental well-being is probably not very good. You know, 30 sexual partners for a woman. Like I've met people who, I've met women who are legit prostitutes. You look in their eyes, they got dead eyes. because as they got so much mental damage from a thousand dicks or 10,000 dicks or whatever. And we've got so many mentally damaged people now and mentally ill people, but we just say it's normal. Mm. But yeah, that is, eesh, I know you can pay me to be a sex worker. I, um, yeah, I mean, energetically that is draining. But I also think that... Oh, it's draining in in more ways than that, yeah. Yeah, you're right. But it's almost like, too, like our society is so quick to put someone on something. Like, I I used to be on an antidepressant, like, several years ago. And I got off of it, like, three years ago because I really wanted to do the holistic route and really get my life together. And so I think that we're not really asking why are these people so anxious we're just putting them on something you know <laughs> well you, you can fix you can fix all that mental illness it's all fixable without drugs but we live in a, a world run by psychiatry and psychiatry is run by drugs and drug money and lobbyists so you know it's like again like if you have a ch- let's say you have a young boy and he is acting out in school and he's like let's say you know, taking some wood and building a fence or something, doing something crazy, or like taking something apart, takes his desk apart. And everyone goes, oh my God, he's got ADD. Well, no, the guy's actually highly intelligent and he's, you know, trying to learn his environment and, you know, he's trying to do stuff. And then they drug this boy and that's, that's wrong. You know, he, he actually needs a more, like the lessons suck, the teacher sucks. The class is shitty. He's mm-hmm. bored, so he's taking apart his desk. And they want, you know, in school, they want the boys to act like girls, so they drink. And the boys need to fight, and the boys want to form gangs, and the boys want to go exploring, and they want to run around, but they make them sit there like girls. And then what ends up happening is the boys do poorly in school because they don't want to compete with the girls. They see no value in it, so they stop trying. And then, uh, and then, you know, they end up as delinquents or whatever. And the girls do better in school. It's proven in university they do better. High school they do better. Everywhere they do better. 
because that system is better made for girls. It's not made for boys. Boys need to be punching each other in the face and going and doing stuff. And the girls sit there and just be docile and nice. And that's a different system, you know? So we have a, we have a way to break the masculine man down and they break these poor boys down. Like, I mean, even myself, I got demasculinized when I was in school and younger and I had to, you know, get back to my roots of what a masculine man is. But it took me 30 years, you know, because the information I was getting was simply wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really thankful for your book. It's so funny because I heard about it from two of my close guy friends. And that's how I found you. But I think that at least you did figure it out because now you're helping all these men that really do want to be masking men. They just don't know where to go. Yeah, uh, that's true. There's a lot of men that, I mean, I think every man wants to be the best man possible. And, uh, the problem is there's no way to find that. Like my own father, he, uh, he never had a father. You know, my father lost his father when he was 12. So those formative years between 12 and you know, 20, he needed his father. He didn't have one. And so he didn't learn to be a man. And then my father couldn't teach me cause no one taught him. And that's just intergenerational you know, your mother, no matter how good your mother is, can never teach a boy to be a, a man. You know, the mother can handle the boy till he's eight or nine or 10. But at some point, he must be taken from the world of women and brought into the world of men. And we don't have that mechanism anymore. We don't have the agoge like the Spartans, where they would take the boy at seven and they'd beat him mercilessly and turn him into a warrior. That was called the agoge. We don't have that anymore. So we have these feminized boys that are with their mother forever. And I mean, when I was four years old, I was at the lake with my mother, my aunt, and my female cousin, and they all had the one-piece girl's bathing suit on. And I started having a panic attack because I didn't have the same suit. So I ended up wearing a girl's bathing suit because I didn't want to be the only one not wearing what everyone else was wearing. Well, do, am I a drag queen? No, but there was no male reference in the environment for me to see what I was supposed to be. Right. And that's just the nature of trying to raise men. Nowadays, there's no reference point for these men. And the only reference point they have is music and movies and sports. And those aren't very good. Or porn. And that's definitely not doing anything. (laughs) That's not solving anyone's problems. I think men and both feed on porn. Men and women both feed on porn, and porn is pretty much the devil. Yeah, I mean, I've worked with people where they've gotten divorced over it because the, their partner's addicted to it. Yeah. Yeah, let's, I mean, that's, I'll say this though. You know, they say, well, my partner's addicted to porn. Well, do you suck his dick anymore? Do you swallow? Do you actually fuck him? You probably don't. So now he went over to his point. And like, you know, that's, that's a legitimate question. Oh, my husband's addicted to porn. Well, do you suck his dick anymore? Like the guy, you probably did that at the beginning. You're not doing it anymore, bitch. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like, again, <laughs> well, whatever. She probably gained weight too. The point, the point is like, I think my partner's addicted to porn is bullshit because if you were fucking him enough, he wouldn't watch porn. Mm. So that's bullshit. And it's, it's the same thing as like, you know, a man and a woman have a fight. The man gives the woman a black eye mm-hmm. and everyone goes, Oh, this man is so evil. He should go to jail. Well, the real question is what did this bitch do to the guy to make him punch her in the face? What did she fucking do? And did she deserve that punch in the face? That's a 1950s question. But the 2020 question is, man is guilty, put him in jail. Woman, you're okay, life is good, mm. everything's fine. And the real question is, what the fuck did you do to make this? Because it's cause and effect. The guy doesn't just punch people in the face. He's not crazy, right? What'd she do? Call his money, light his car on fire, kill his dog. Like She did something, obviously, to get punched in the face. Because he doesn't punch people in the face every day, right? 
So the question is like, you know, it's cause and effect. If the guy's addicted to porn, are you having sex with him anymore? Probably you stopped, right? So like, I mean, I, I'm sick of hearing about all these like immune women who have no cause and effect over their man. It's like, you control this fucking guy. You control his penis. You control his food. You know, if he's, uh, if he's gaining weight, well, you control the food, bitch. Make some <laughs> low-fat food, right? Like, Jesus Christ. You know, put him on a salad. He's not making dinner. You make fucking dinner. Um, no, no, listen, I'm laughing because you're making a great fucking point. And I think that people, you're so, I think it, it goes back to how society's viewed women as like these little victims when it's about taking responsibility. Well, I, I just had enough of the bullshit, you know, like it's yeah. just, there's so much bullshit and so much like, oh, baby, you're okay. And I, I seriously do wonder, what did she do to get punched in the face? She probably did something. And, you know, I do wonder, oh, you know, you probably don't blow your husband anymore. and That's probably what he likes. And, you know, there's just all these things, you know, it's all these basic things. Oh, he's fat. Well, you know, he's fat and you don't like that. A lot of women actually kind of like fat men, like big teddy really? bear men, dad bods. Yeah, they do. It's actually, it's, see, it's not the same. Like a woman with a dad bod, not attractive, but actually do like that bear look, like a big hairy mm -hmm. dude. If you don't like that, fucking give him some carrots for dinner. Like, <laughs> fuck. You know, it's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> and put yourself on a diet because you know i don't see a lot of couples where one person eat and the other doesn't usually they gain weight together because yeah, they eat together mm -hmm. yeah they, they usually go eat together they get fat together because mm -hmm. they get comfortable you're right wow Okay, so what would you want a takeaway to be for this conversation? I know we talked about a lot, but what would you want to leave people with? Well, I think I think we got to take responsibility for ourselves, and you know we got to understand cause and effect, and we got to own whatever our shit is. And uh, you know, if you don't like your life, it's probably because you made that life, you invented it, you manifested everything. And uh, go get a copy of Hard Times, Create Strong Men and the Oracle and, you know, stop lying to yourself. I, I think that's one of the biggest things that people have is we all tell, each, tell ourselves these lies. And, uh, you know, I remember I was lamenting to my secretary last year. I was like, oh, I really want a girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. I want a relationship. She looked at me and she said, you have nothing to offer a woman. You just work. You have no life outside of work. And, you know, that hurt. But it's the truth. Like I don't go out. I don't do all these things that women would like to do. So of course, you know, I'm workaholic and that's where I'm at. Right. Well, let's get honest with ourselves. And mm. you know, if you're a, if you're a fat bitch, then, you know, stop being a fat bitch. Men don't like fat bitches. So like there's, there's some basic things and, you know, think about it from the other person's perspective. What do they want? Be what they want. Like, you know, it's, it's a lot of basic stuff, but people aren't telling the truth anymore and they're not being honest. Mm, true, true, true. And I think that's why I like your videos so much and love your bluntness because that's what people want. People want the truth. Well, I think, I think they want it because nobody gives them the truth anymore. You know, the news doesn't do it politicians don't do it the movies are worse than ever they've got you know female heroes in every movie and the men are gone and nobody likes watching a female hero in every movie we, we, we know that's false we know that women can't always be the hero like we just know it's not true and you're laughing i don't know why you're laughing but i just it's think it's I just think it's ridiculous. Like they should do more like both. Like why do you have to do only Well, women? no, it's no not even both. It should be 90% men and then sometimes there's Supergirl or there's, you know, Sarah Connor from Terminator. Like there always was female heroes, mm -hmm. but it was a 10% or 5% thing because in real life there's a little minority of women who are heroes. And 
we flipped it around where, you know, I went and saw the sixth Terminator movie, Terminator 6, and it had no men. There was no leading men in the movie. And I watched it, and it was actually a pretty decent movie, but it didn't grab me because there was no male lead. And it was just strange. And they could have easily made one of the heroes in the movie a man and just, they put this like lesbian looking woman in and they didn't, she didn't need to be a lesbian. She could have been a man and it would have probably been fine. They probably would have had a love story. Like, you know, we don't even have a love story in the movies anymore because everyone's a lesbian. So like we, we turn on the media or we look around and it's lies and lies and lies. And the thing about it, Haley, is we know it's lies, but a lot of people don't speak out because it's, it's politically correct. And I've just had enough. And I say, fuck you, politically correct. That's bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. And everybody goes, oh, shit, he's right. He's telling the truth. And in my books, Hard Times and the Oracle, I'm telling you the truth. Like, hey, guess what? Most women are whores. You know, your audience is probably going, oh, my God, I can't believe you say that. It's so sexist. But guess what? Y'all are whores. And that's why you're not married because you whored out too much. And if you were a virgin still, or if you were a virgin, there'd be perverts outside your window trying to get you. But you know, if like 25 guys have been through you, guys don't want that anymore. They don't want to be number 26. They want to be the first guy. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of lies. And I'm the guy who tells the truth, a little bit dangerous to tell the truth. But it's interesting. I don't get a lot of haters because people know that what I say is true. It's uncomfortable for them, but they go, oh, it's true. And that's, that, I, that's the magic of my platform right now, I guess, is truth. People get shocked. They go, you're right. I'm going to buy your book. And uh, sometimes I get a 14-year-old girl who says, you're a sexist, fem- you're a sexist, uh, um, misogynist pig because she took a social studies class in grade nine and they taught her some bullshit about politically correct and sometimes i get a 14 year old girl like that but you know when i start talking to women who are 35 and single moms they love my shit because it usually is the complete truth and all the mistakes that those single moms made to become single moms and they go damn you know i wish i knew this earlier because now i'm a single mom and that's, that's, like I said, the hardest thing in life. You know, if you somehow end up as a single mom, God damn, God damn, that's difficult. So you think that's harder than being a single dad? Because I bet they're both tough. Uh, well, men usually lose custody. So there's way less single dads. Like, you know, in the custody fight, the woman usually gets it, gets the kids. So that's the thing. And I mean, single moms are the bane of society because they get paid welfare. They get paid from their ex-husband. So they actually incentivize women to divorce, which is really evil. And, uh, you know, they, they use that money to go partying and have boyfriends and get fucked at the bar. Like you see single moms at the bar all the time. Oh, yeah, my kids are everything. And they're out at the fucking bar at two in the morning. I had this girl that I used to mess around with and she'd fly across the country and she'd say, I'm a good mom. And I'd be like, no, you're not. You're with me for four days having crazy sex. And you're, you left your kids at home with an Xbox and a Domino's pizza and they're nine and 11, right? Like that's retarded. Right. And she's like, I'm a good mom. Well, those poor kids are fucked, right? Like those, those kids, single mom, it's a two person job. It's more than a two person job. And the single mom can't produce enough money to pay for the kids and she can't produce enough care. And so if I was, if I was the emperor of America or the president, I would outlaw single moms and I'd say, you must be married. And I'd take away all their benefits and say, when you get married, you get benefits, but you don't get benefits if you're a single mom because there needs to be families. The the kids need a dad. They need to work together. And uh, we can't have this world where we pay single moms to do a bad job. Because that's like, I don't think there is a single mom who can do a good job. It's impossible. Because it's like actually three jobs or two and a half jobs and no human can do that. So it's, it's really dark and evil. And then somewhere is a single dad who 
you know, he probably is in jail because she said he hit and then he went to jail and the judge didn't say, did she deserve it? He's, instead, he said, oh, you're evil. And they put the dad in jail. So it's, it's actually a really bad, bad thing we have now. And of course, you know, the kids, when they grow up with single mom, single dad, then they become single moms and single dads. And the whole thing continues without families. And, and that's, that's unfortunately very bad for a world. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I will post all your links below, but any final takeaways for people? You know what? Check out Hard Times Create Strong Men, my, my uh, fifth book. It's if you're a man or if you're a woman who likes men and wants a man or mm -hmm. man, strong man, get that book. Uh, you can get it at stefanarnio.com forward slash store or on Amazon. And then I have another book, The Oracle and that's the hard times for women. It's what is a woman and how can you be a feminine woman without being a feminist? And that's, uh, I think that's a big wake up call for women. A lot of women uh, get offended when they read it. A lot of them don't kind of like it because it's honest. But, you know, I think that the Oracle and, and Hard Times Create Strong Men is a good study of what men and women used to be, what marriage used to be, what it can be what we are as men and women and masculine feminine and i think that it can solve a lot of problems if you get those two books you can get them on amazon or at my store stefanarnio.com forward slash store okay sounds great no i definitely agree with you on that thank you so much for taking the time for letting me interview you because i think that this conversation is definitely needed yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, I never thought I'd write books on gender studies, but we fucked it up so bad, Haley, that here I am writing books on gender studies at age 33. Never, ever thought I'd do that, but here we are, and it's been a real pleasure. I'm glad that <laughs> you and I talked because it was, it was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, no, this is a, so fun. I'm going to post it tomorrow, so we'll let you know, and then everybody be sure to subscribe and Contact either of us. I would love the feedback on this episode. Thank you.